Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Out of the tunnel, onto the floor. It's the second hour of Sports Talk. Welcome in, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Hope your Thursday is good. Hope you enjoyed the warmth and sunshine. It's with us a little bit longer, and then it's going to get a little chillier. But there's plenty happening and plenty to be buzzing about here, and we'll talk about it with you on Sports Talk. Illinois against Purdue on Saturday. Mike Carmen from the Lafayette Journal Courier is our guest coming up in this hour. And we'll get his thoughts on the Boilermakers and what Illinois will be facing. We're also going to play two out of three. The greatest sports radio game show in the nation. And we'll mix it up here. I'm Scott Beatty with Evan Kahn. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. It's a pretty bold statement. What? In the nation? You know, like Brad Underwood said, you got to have some swag to you. Swagger. Sorry. Oh. Swag stuff you get at a conference. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, when you go to a conference, like, here, here's a tote bag. You know, thanks for coming. That's swag. Swagger, you know. So swag is a, a physical thing, whereas swagger is a mindset. Exactly. Now, okay. if your swag, I think your swag could have swagger. You know, like if I gave you a tote bag that said... Home of the greatest sports radio game show. I mean, that would that would just be you know Carrying. you could just be strutting your stuff down the street now, couldn't you? And people I, like there goes Evan Kahn. That I, man has some swagger. If they buy into the statement, then yes, it, it, I would be swagged out with swagger. Speaking of guys who have swagger, and they can put on some swag after tomorrow night. <laughs> I'm sure everybody is just loving this right now, by the way. <laughs> if you're still with us, thank you. Uh, Alfonso Plummer, DeMonte Williams, Kofi Coburn, Trent Frazier coming back for tomorrow night's Big Ten banner-raising ceremony and uh, ring distribution as well. Rightfully so, considering the majority of the guys putting on orange and blue tomorrow were not here for that. <laughs> it would be good to have some guys who, who played on those on that team and earned those rings to, to be here for it. And as Brad said, you know, Trent's overseas and Alfonso, I'm sure, is in the middle of a season. This isn't like Io hopping on I-55 and driving down the road. Uh, these guys are making commitments to, to come back, and, and they should. I mean, last year, it's something to be celebrated, first Big Ten championship in 15 years, if my math is correct. I can't remember, mm-hmm. 16 years, whatever it was, and, and those guys were... Um, they, they were it, right? I mean, when, when you think about that team, you're going to think of Plummer and Frazier and, and Kofi and, and maybe even Jacob Grandison, but he, he's got other games to attend to. Also, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so does Andre Carbello. Um, <laughs> yes. How, how soon we forget. <laughs> 
Also, as as on Monday, there was a lot of, oh, remember the EIU exhibition game that <laughs> Illinois couldn't win and then drubbed EIU in the season opener on Monday night. But some of those guys, i.e. DeMonte Williams and Trent Frazier, were <laughs> on that team that lost. And I don't know that you could have told them then, or anybody, that, hey, don't you worry, a banner's going to get raised here before you're all said and done. Maybe now I wonder if they should have raised this banner on Monday, right? <laughs> Just to, to show how far we've come, right? You, you you guys celebrated winning your your World Series or your NCAA tournament in that exhibition game five years ago, and this is what it's like to raise a real banner. Well, it, it'll be pretty special. 7-15 tomorrow night, they're asking you to, if you're going to the game, they're asking you to have some uh, get there by 7-15 if you want to take in the whole pre-game ceremony championship rings will be presented to all returning members of the program help lead illinois to the 2022 big 10 regular season entitled and again Plummer, williams coburn and frazier will all be there and trent frazier making the trip back from serbia it's this whole other country <laughs> and he is playing very well there by the way mm-hmm. in his professional career kofi coburn about to launch it he will go to japan and Alfonso Plummer going to take a little hiatus from his pro career that currently has him in the G League in Mexico City. Yeah, uh, kind of expected those guys to, to keep going. It was good to see Kofi on Monday and looked like he was in attendance for the women's season opener yesterday as well. So a nice little homecoming trip for, for the King before he sets off on his pro career. Well, Illinois uh, will play Kansas City tomorrow night as well. And uh, Brad Underwood mentioned that they're big. They played a much better game than they appeared to play on Monday night. They lost by 11 to LSU. So the Kansas City Roos will be in town. That's short for kangaroos. Mm-hmm. Are there a lot of kangaroos in Kansas City? You would not believe how many of them are hopping around. They just, um, <laughs> in between barbecue joints, you can't help but run into a kangaroo. Oh, that's what they mean by the bobby. <laughs> just got that um hey we want you to keep listening to wdws for your chance to win tickets to the wwe road to wrestlemania at the state farm center on february 25th win tickets before you could buy them wwe road to wrestlemania at the state farm Yee-hee. be sure to listen here on dws i'll have some opportunities for you that's an addition of course it to two out of three which is a Big prize package today, my friends. I do want to tell you. All right, Barry Lenny Jr. got a got a, an extension announced yesterday as the offensive coordinator. And this week, there's been a lot of talk uh, around short yardage situations and what Illinois needs to do to be able to com- convert, especially on short situations or the red zone. To start off the the first series of the game, when we got down inside of there and. We had, I think, four. There was four play calls, right, on first and goal, and I mean, two of the four we we just didn't execute. Um, and um, you know, a third, you know, the other two calls you could be made for argue that they had a better defense than than maybe what I had called. But we had opportunities to get in to take advantage of it through execution. And then you know, the other situations we had, a, I think, a fourth and one or fourth and two, or both of those that we came up short on, and. Um, you know, sometimes it's sometimes it's a combination between you know you say, man, I wish I could have had this call over with over. You know, obviously you vet all those things during the course of the week. You plan and go through them and say, here's what you anticipate. And they don't always unfold exactly the way that you think that they're going to unfold as far as just what you're going to see from a front standpoint or a coverage. 
but those those play calls have you know which you say I don't know if answers but opportunities for us to be able to be successful despite what they what they uh, play and um, so there's a balance there between you know like man that's one that um, I'd like to call that one over again or you know we got we got to execute better and regardless whatever it is like we tell the players all the time I and mean, whether it's execution or it's play call I mean the bottom line is we're, we we are not getting it done didn't get it done on Saturday and that falls squarely on me and so uh, we got to be better in those situations. Saturday will also be senior day. It will be senior day for uh, more than the first time for some of the Illini, like Alex Palczewski and Michael Marques. I, I, I saw whatever I was over at BFL to in the, the graduation picture, and I, I just wonder if they're going to cut around Paucho and place the new picture and just keep the old one there, right? You just, <laughs> you just leave him up there for forever and ever as he keeps getting these degrees. <laughs> Yeah, so here's Brett Bielma on Senior Day and the last home game of the year on Saturday. It's always an emotional day. Um, you know, I've experienced a gamut as a head coach uh, from my first one uh, a long time ago to where we are now. Um, it's an emotional day for me as a player or as a coach, you know, to to know that I'm going to hug players for the last time. It's um, on, on this home for surface is, uh, is very emotional. They wanted to make a goal to uh, have Memorial go undefeated this year, and obviously we didn't we let that go on Saturday, so... Uh, the only thing we have in front of us is Purdue, a Big West opponent, a trophy game, uh, a lot of things like that. But you, you also worry about the effects on the other players, right? Because a lot of those guys are close to those players as well, and it could be the last time they take um, uh, Memorial together. There's some guys that are going through senior day that don't know if they'll be back, right? There's guys that um, uh, for sure will be gone by, by eligibility standards, but there's a lot of guys that are really good players that – I think when the season's done, we'll have a, a, an opportunity to, when the regular season is done, kind of in bowl game preparation or postseason play, we'll see exactly where those guys are at with the NFL, and, and, and they'll make their decisions after that. Yeah, uh, Brad Bielma today declined to say if there was uh, who else would be going through senior day that is not quite yet a full senior. Mm. He said, I don't want to make a story yet before it is one. So I don't know if that means kids are still deciding here on Thursday uh, before Saturday or if we're just all going to be delightfully or not so if you're going to lament the loss of whomever that knows that this is their last season. Mm. I'm thinking like a Devin Weatherspoon kind of situation or a... I know I, I've been so confused over the last two or three years of what class guys actually are, so I, I have no idea where to begin. I, I thought Witherspoon w- was a senior. Technically, I thought this was his fourth year on campus. Maybe it isn't. Um, I know Cindy Brown's been here for like five years, so he he's done and gone. Same with Chase Brown, right? I mean, no no matter what, he, you'd think he, he's graduated here in his fifth year in college. So I don't know if we'll really get too many hints based on what happened Saturday, but a, a guy like Johnny Newton, if he goes through it, then yeah, you, you can kiss him goodbye. Well, speaking of class, Mike Carmen has it for sure. He's going to join us next. We'll learn about the Purdue Boilermakers football team, Illinois' opponent on Saturday. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, Illini family. It's Brett Bielma. We've got a trophy game this Saturday against Purdue. And catch all the game day coverage starting two hours before kickoff right here on DWS. 
With Evan Conn, I'm Scott Beatty. It's Sports Talk on Newstalk 1400, 93.9 FM. And as you just heard, it's 11 a.m. kickoff and be a little chilly. But big stakes as it pertains to the Big Ten West, Illinois and Purdue. Our friend Mike Carmen writes for the Lafayette Journal Courier. He's joining us now on the line. And uh, we we say good evening to you, Mike. It's good to talk to you as always. Well, thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for calling me a friend. <laughs> well, what else would you be? <laughs> I, you're not an enemy, as far as well, I know. Well, I don't. I, I don't. That's up to you. <laughs> appreciate your words. Um, is this the deciding game for the Big Ten West? Oh, it should be. Yeah. Uh, although, I mean, if Purdue wins, then they still need some help. Uh, but you know, uh, Illinois wins, then uh, I think they're pretty much got it wrapped up and I know they still have Michigan and they have another game after that, but they, they should, they should be able to finish it out if they can, if they can win on Saturday. Well, Lauren Tate says if Purdue wins this game, they're not going to lose again with Northwestern and Indiana still, still to come. Uh, well, I, I, I'm not, I'm not one to challenge Lauren on anything. <laughs> so if he says it, it's true. <laughs> I've often said most of the time, Lauren Tate is right. Most of the time. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I'm a hundred percent right. 50% of the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's, and I'm sometimes right. And you're a friend. Um, <laughs> so uh, the word balance has been thrown around a lot uh, from Illinois coaches this week and others that produce more balance this year, Purdue is more balanced. True. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, their running game is better than what it has been the last uh, couple years. They've generated more there. Uh, in part, the offensive line is uh, more experienced. Uh, they have they've they've held up really well this year, uh, for the most part. Uh, you know, they've had some injuries at the running back position, but the emergence of uh, walk on Devin Mockaby has really given them a lift. And Dylan Downing's been pretty steady, uh, even though he missed a couple games with an injury. Uh, so it's better. They're balanced. Uh, they, they are more. Um, they had a they had a stretch there in late September, early October, where actually they were they were gaining more guard, yards on the ground than they were through the air. Uh, and uh, the running game really, I mean, really helped them beat Minnesota. Uh, it played a factor when they they went to Maryland. Uh, it's just you know last week probably. Uh, overshadows it a little bit because they had first and goal at the two and didn't run the ball in any of the three plays and that was uh, that was still a bit of a mystery but yeah they're they're more balanced team this year if if you allow Purdue to get the running game going and and then you mix it with their passing game they're very very dangerous offensive team we're talking with Mike Carmen, who writes for the Lafayette Journal Courier about the Purdue Boilermakers. Mike, this is Evan. You brought up last week, and probably more last week than the week before. But it's hard to gauge what happened last week with the offense, considering you you were in hurricane force winds somewhat, and <laughs> Purdue relies on the pass so much. So, can you chalk it up to that? What was Iowa giving them a different look than maybe some defenses that have thrown at O'Connell this year? Well, I'll just say that uh, the wind conditions were the same when Iowa had the ball and they threw the ball <laughs> effectively. So uh, I don't, I don't buy the the uh, the, the, the weather uh, situation because I think all all but three points were scored <laughs> going into the wind last week. I think. Wow. Um, but um, it, it did affect Purdue a little bit. Uh, but O'Connell just had two 
bad throws that were intercepted that, you know, kind of set the tone for the game once they got in the second quarter. And, um, and, and Purdue could not – nobody has said this this year about Iowa, but Purdue could not stop Iowa <laughs> on offense. And, uh, and that, that, that shows you kind of where uh, Purdue's secondary is at right now. Uh, and, and Purdue's not been able to get a lead here the last couple games. They've had to play uphill, and you would think with a passing game that wouldn't matter, but that, that, that has mattered to this team the last couple games, and they've got to figure out a way to get ahead, play from ahead, use that running game a little bit, and then mix in the pass. Uh, they're, they're still a very dangerous passing team, and um, if they can get some things going Saturday, that would help, but you know, Illinois' defense has just been outstanding this year. I, I know last week they gave up some points to, to Michigan State, but overall they've been they've been pretty solid and one of the best in the country. And, and you mentioned injuries as we get in here here into November and the end of the season. Are there any major guys we're, we're on the lookout that that could be in or out come Saturday? Uh, I think what Purdue has is pretty much what they'll have on Saturday. You know, they, they haven't had King Daru for a little bit and he won't, he won't play. Um, you know, one of their receivers, Brock Thompson played in the first couple games, but he hasn't played since and he won't play Saturday. But um, for the most part, the, the guys that they have, they, they got them back last week uh, after their off week, uh, especially in the secondary. Um, so I, I think what, what Purdue has on the roster is what they're going to have Saturday. Mike, did Jeff Brom hint, he brought up a story this week about uh, CFL days and sitting one quarterback in, in interesting conditions and bringing in a more mobile running quarterback. And is he hinting at or thinking about playing two quarterbacks? Again. Well, Again. I think he thought about it last week but didn't do it. Uh, he was referring to his brother, Brian, who played in the CFL and. I think a lot of people know Henry Burris as like the king of the CFL quarter, quarterbacks back in the day, and um, whatever team he was playing for, Brian was the was a uh, was was there, and because of the conditions, it was late in the year and there was snow and rain and wind that they decided just to use their backup quarterback, who was a runner, and they ended up winning the game. So. Jeff did say that they prepared last week a little bit to use multiple quarterbacks, but they never pulled the trigger on that. And if people remember last year when they went to Iowa, they used uh, multiple quarterbacks more in the run game uh, to, to help beat Iowa. And if they do use multiple quarterbacks, that's what it would be about. It would be about helping the run game, putting somebody a little bit more mobile than O'Connell out there to, to give the defense a different look. So I wouldn't be shocked by it. Um, especially if, they, if if Purdue starts slow and they need they need to they need to get a jump start somewhere. The other question I have is about Charlie Jones, who was apparently described as being limited, and this is a guy that's had what three straight hundred yard games in a row at, at wide receiver and is one of the best in the country, let alone the Big Ten. So is Charlie Jones a hundred percent? I don't think so. I don't think any player is 100 percent in November. Well, that's fair. Uh, but um, I'm not 100 percent. Neither are you. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but remember, 100 percent of the time you're wrong. Half of it. So <laughs> that's, no, that's true. Uh, but I, I, I think he's just been nicked up all year. Uh, it's just one of those things where you know, nagging injuries, whether it's 
lower extremity, upper body, whatever it is. Uh, I just think he's he's been limited in practice most of the time. They get him out there uh, for for a day or two or for part of the practice just to get him loosened up and stuff. But the the whole goal is to get him as fresh as possible to game time, and they they do what they do that with some other players as well, and I, other teams do it. Um, you know, we leading into the Wisconsin game, I, I don't think he practiced, but he played the whole game and he was returning punts. So if you're um, uh, they're just trying to get him to the game, and I think he's he's just kind of battling through some stuff, and they're going to throw him the ball. Uh, he's going to try to catch it. He's going to try to get away from defenders, so I fully expect him to play the whole game on Saturday. So what do you make of the matchup that will likely be Devin Witherspoon against Charlie Jones? Well, I mean, that's, um, you know, that's going to be the key for Purdue because, you know, they've – you know, at times force-fed the ball to Charlie Jones, probably at fault. Um, you know, Aiden O'Connell has a good connection with him, and it's, it's worked most of the year. It's hard to it's hard to criticize it, but they do need a little bit more balance in their passing game. They need to get a few more guys involved, and I, 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 I don't think they use their tight end as much as they should, uh, but I've been beating that drum for a long time, and nobody's, nobody's listened to me on that. Uh, but that's because they know it's you know, a 50-50 shot is whether, whether or not you're right. That's true. That's true. Uh, but, you know, the thing about Charlie, uh, the last couple games, he's made a lot of catches, but he doesn't have a lot of yards after the catch. So defenses are wrapping him up, or he just can't get away from people. And Purdue needs some explosive plays, and Charlie is the guy that can give it to him. So that's why you continue to target him and hope that he can break away. There was a play last week on a slant, I think it was Purdue's, second drive where the ball was just a little bit behind him but if he makes the catch he has you know he's gonna he's gonna score because the middle was open but he dropped the ball um and it it didn't it didn't play out so they've had some opportunities to make some of those explosive plays with him just hasn't materialized but they're they're going to need a few on saturday and i don't you know that's going to be hard to do against that defense uh, Mike, it's hard to believe that Jeff Brom's already in his sixth season at, at Purdue, and they're only uh, one win away from a, a fourth bowl game in six years. He's kind of steadied the ship. They, they've got big renovations in the works there at Ross-Aid Stadium. But do, do the Purdue folks wonder if other schools might be coming to, to call Jeff Brom as we see a, a number of coaches already been fired here uh, uh, around college football and probably more at the end of the season. Is Jeff Brom in Purdue to, to stay or could, could you see somebody coming along and enticing him to, to leave? Well, I'll, I'll correct you when you said schools. It should be school. Yeah. <laughs> There's only one school that would really come after Jeff and that's Louisville. Yeah, And, you know, eventually it will happen. I mean, it's not really a, a, a huge secret. Uh, you know, he turned him down before, but I think the next time that job is open that he'll probably end up there. And that's, you know, he's from there. He's a hero there. It all makes sense. But, um, you know, as I, I think Jeff's here as long as, you know, that job doesn't open up. And you're right. They're made, you know, they've made a lot of investments in the program. They're doing some renovations to Ross-Aid. They're doing some other stuff around here. To, to help the football program and help the athletic department in general. So, you know, I, I, you know he's going to be here for at least the, the short term here. How long after that, you know, remains, uh, remains to be seen. But he has. I mean, the program's in a much better place today than what it was when he came. 
They've made some improvements in recruiting. They've made improvements in other other areas. But, it's, uh, you know, Purdue and Illinois are kind of on the, the same platform where, you know, you're just you're working as hard as you can to get some consistency year to year where you're winning seven, eight, nine games every year. But that's, that's very difficult to do, especially in the Big Ten. And then when you look at next year's schedule for Purdue, they have Ohio State and Michigan. And, you know, that's going to be an uphill climb for them. But, you know, they're just trying to find a level of consistency every year where, you know, they can, they can count on winning those seven, eight, nine games. Do you think Purdue is lamenting the loss of the Big Ten West after this year, like Illinois likely is? Well, I think everybody in the Big Ten West is <laughs> going to be disappointed that there won't be a Big Ten West because, um, you know, it's it, it helps Illinois and Purdue. I mean, it does. I mean, it's no secret. I, but on the other side, Maryland and Indiana and Rutgers and all those teams are saying, hey, let's, let us play in the Big Ten West for a little bit and see see what happens. So, I, you know, I think once they go to one division, it's it, it'll be fine. Um, you know, it, it'll be a bit of a – um, you know, a crapshoot year to year as far as who you're playing, other than however many teams you're going to protect to, to play. Like, you know, Purdue's going to play Indiana every year. Illinois is going to play Northwestern every year. There'll be a, probably a couple other those others of those games. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll be you know disappointing to see it go because you you felt like in the West you had a chance no matter what. And you know Illinois kind of proved that this year. You know, not a lot of people picked them at the at the beginning, uh, but they put a, they put together a special season. And just like you know, if Purdue would happen to win the West, it would be a huge deal. If Illinois wins the West, it's going to be a big deal for that program, and something that they can be proud of, and something that they can show off to people. So, a division title is a division title, no matter where it comes from or how how you reach it. Well, it was somewhere where Illinois and Purdue don't need divisions is basketball, but uh, there's quite a few unknowns with both teams and really the Big Ten uh, as far as that goes coming into this season. D- did you learn anything about Purdue after their season opener this week? Well, uh, they have a pretty good freshman point guard. <laughs> if they could just count one game and call it a year. Uh, but he'll face he'll face tougher competition throughout the year. But uh, they're going to be deep again. They're going to, you know, Matt's going to play – Nine, ten, maybe eleven guys uh, at least here in the non-conference season. But you're right; there's a lot of unknowns. Holy, and anybody that tells you they know what's going to happen, they're they're lying to you because you don't, you just don't know. And I know Illinois; you know they brought in a lot of new pieces. They've got they've got to make that work, which you know they will. You know Indiana probably right now is uh, ahead of everybody, but um, there's a there's probably seven or eight teams, maybe nine, that feel like they can work their way to the top by the end of the year. And it'll be This will be a pretty fascinating year in the Big Ten. It won't have the star power it had last year, but it's still, I think, going to be a pretty fascinating year with a lot of teams bunched together. Too bad there's not uh, two games this year for mm-hmm. Illinois and Purdue, but uh, there will be a big one there at yeah, the end. the last one, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine how poetic that will be. Hey, Mike, it's uh, it's fun to talk with you. Thanks for being a friendly guy and uh, joining us here. And safe travels over to Memorial Stadium Saturday morning. Well, hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And uh, have a good night. Yeah, you too. Appreciate it. And I encourage everyone to check out the writings of Mike Carmen in the Lafayette Journal-Courier. And you can see his social media posts at, uh, at Carmen underscore JC. And... Uh, 
Shout out to the Chuck Taylors. <laughs> he wears as well. I know Bob Osmussen appreciates that. Okay. It's that time for two out of three. If you think you're up to the, if you think your snuff's up to it, up to the snuff, whatever that thing is that we say about. Up to snuff? Up to snuff. I don't know what that means, but. I'm not sure either. <laughs> but that won't be one of the questions. I can tell you that. We're going to play two out of three, and we'll take caller number three. And I've got up for grabs uh, Esquire money. I've got uh, tailgate passes to Saturday morning, which you don't need tickets to the game to come to hang out with us. And I've got basketball tickets to the Monmouth game for Illinois men's basketball on Monday night at the State Farm Center. So hop aboard here, 217-356-9397. Be the third caller, 217-356-9397. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. You've got the home of Illinois football. News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. All right, it's time for everyone's favorite radio sports game show. It's two out of three where we invite a contestant to see if they can answer at least two questions correctly out of three to win fabulous prizes. I'm Scott Beatty along with Evan Kahn. Let's go to the phones. And today's contestant is Sean. Hello, Sean. Hey, how we doing? We're doing great. Sean, where are you where are you uh, calling from? I am uh, calling from Rossville, Illinois. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I don't believe we've had a call. I've had taken a call before from Rossville, so I appreciate you expanding our geography here. Uh, are you feeling right. knowledgeable, lucky, or both? Uh, I'm going to go both. All right. All right. Here's the deal, and it's actually a little bit altered. I'm going to ask you three questions. If you get one question right, you're getting $10 to go to the Esquire. If you get two questions right, I'm going to give you four tailgate passes to Saturday's ball game to our tailgate, where you can eat and drink with us, plus the Esquire pass. And if you get all three correct, if you can sweep them, I'll also throw in a pair of tickets to Monday night's men's basketball game against Monmouth. Are you ready? All right. I'm ready. All right, here we go. First question. Who was named the NFC Player of the Week in for offense in the NFL for his record-breaking performance this past Sunday as a quarterback running for 178 yards. That'd be uh, Justin Fields. Ding, ding. You have won $10 to the Esquire. One down. All right. Before Question two. Before this past Saturday, what manager in Major League Baseball had the most wins without a World Series championship? Dusty Baker. You got it. You have added to your prize pack four tailgate passes. And now for the sweep that will include tickets to Monday night's men's basketball game. Last night, who earned her first win as head coach of Illinois women's basketball? Mm. That, that I won't know. Uh, uh, all, I, all I can think of is Teresa Grants, but that's, uh, that's old school. Uh, that is old school. I don't know. That is old school. I'll only give you. I'll give you a hint. Your name. Uh, Shauna something maybe. 
Yeah, Shauna, 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 not red, not orange. Uh, not red, not orange. Shauna, blue. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, so it's Shauna Green. I, so I, I could only so lead you. I could only lead you so far. How many did yeah, you get? Yes. How many did you get correct, Evan? He still got two out of three. And you know what? Two out of three ain't bad, Sean. So uh, hang on the line. That'll get your information, and we'll get you the Esquire and tailgate passes, and we hope we can see you Saturday morning. All right. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Well. So close. So close. But still, you got two out of three. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. And I'm throwing in some tickets there, too. I'm thinking, you know, we got to raise the bar a little bit, you Mm -hmm. know. So we may have to find a way to get rid of those tickets tomorrow. That's all right. Maybe we'll find find a, a new way to do that. We can. Yeah. All right. Um, we appreciate uh, Sean's participation. And again, for the men's game tomorrow night, there's a, f- a game Friday night against Kansas City. Uh, there is a, a ring ceremony tomorrow night at 7.15. Brad Underwood hopes you're there. I hope the building's filled when we do this. I hope it's uh, hope it's a little different last year. Last year we kind of, building wasn't real full when we, I hope it's full. I hope our guys get to see that and experience that, man. Those are that's that's a and I, and I really don't care if our guys are tired of hearing about Trent. It's they got a lot of season left. They're going to hear about him a lot more. But uh, it's really nice to means so much to me to have those guys want to come back for this and and be a part of that. And and I mean that's that's really a cool deal. And I think it shows their love for this place and their program and and it means so much. And I mean, who gets on a thirteen hour flight? You better love something a lot to get on a 13-hour flight so you can be a part of something that might take 15 minutes. And, uh, you know, that that stuff's pretty cool. And, and so they can be they can get tired of me talking about Trent, but, um, you know, I know where his heart is and, and, um, and all those guys. I mean, I know how hard they, they worked and all the, all, the, all that went into winning a, winning a time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Illini family, this is Brad Underwood. We'll see you tomorrow at the State Farm Center and catch game day coverage starting two hours before tip-off right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Okay, I have a question for you. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this. Um, But I thought of this with free agency getting hot with Major League Baseball. Mm Mm-hmm. And Scott Boris out there being Scott Boris. And Justin Verlander deciding to become a free agent after winning a World Series. Mm-hmm. Of the five Chicago uh, sports teams, I'm not counting the sky because I just don't know enough about the WNBA. Shame on me. But of Cubs, Sox, Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks, mm-hmm. which is the team most likely to next win a championship? Hmm. That's a tough one because honestly, I don't think any of them are particularly close. 
like it's at least a couple years away and just based off of recent history and knowing how the front office operates I'd probably lean on my Cubs and say that they're the closest just because they've got the pockets and they've built champions before haven't seen that out of polls Blackhawks got a long way to go White Sox apparently are trying to cut payroll so um, I would lean towards the the Cubs which makes me sound like a homer but no I don't think that's unreasonable and that's kind of why I brought it up is because I it depends on how much they go for it this year and what they spend they they could be a few key pieces away and you could be in a situation where they're competing next year for in the playoffs and of course who knows what could happen but I'm just using the blueprint of what happened before mm-hmm. win in 2015 and then really win in 2016 so that tends to be what happens right I don't think you get all of a sudden a World Series contender not usually you kind of stair step a little bit kind of like the Orioles this year yeah. Even the Mariners, well, the Mariners were in the hunt right there till the end last year. So, yeah, yeah it, it usually takes some progression to get there. And if the White Sox go out and they sign a, a couple of guys, make a, some trades, I'd probably shoot them to the top because as it stands right now, they've got the most championship ready kind of yeah. roster. But new manager, maybe they're cutting payroll, maybe they're not. As the roster stands, it couldn't win a championship because they couldn't even make the playoffs this year. So the Bulls the one thing is, is the NBA can change in a second. Yeah, they need if, a guy. Right. If they get a a top end or two guys that want to come mm-hmm. and and then then they'll be raising banners again at the United Center. But as it stands, yeah, they they seem like okay, they're going to be trying to be you know, one of the last playoff teams mm-hmm. about where they're going to stack up. The Bears, I mean, everyone's celebrating QB1. Now, uh, there's there's a league where you can go from nothing to something like that. Yeah. Happens every single season. And they're starting to stock up some draft picks. It just doesn't feel like it's going to happen next year. No, no, there's still there's still a couple of years away. But if if they can get a good draft here, spend money wisely on, on some free agents, they could, they could be a year or two away. Right now, the city of uh, comp- of, com- of really high com- competing teams is Philly, right? Is oh, yeah. Philly? The, the Eagles. World Series, Eagles, yeah. Uh, and the 76ers are good. Oh, usually good, yeah. Uh, Joel Embiid. Um, okay, I'm not really up on my flyers right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that seems to be a, a, a good place to be a fan right mm-hmm. now. Maybe not. I mean, you got to be a Philly fan, but... Well, in, in L.A., obviously, coming off their championship yeah. and football and baseball is consistently good, and I guess the Lakers are down. So you can't you can't have all good things. This isn't like the, the 2000s Boston. Yeah. Do you know why, though, I think part of the reason that the the World Series was down, not because of baseball, because the as big as Houston is, it just doesn't draw like, like, like Dallas does. Mm-hmm. And Philly's a big market, but it just doesn't draw like New York or Boston. It just doesn't carry. So I think it was smaller market-ish, even though they're big markets. 